welcome to another episode of Looking for Love and All the Wrong Dust Jackets, a show where three fun millennial friends uh, talk to you about everything we love in romance, whether that's books, movies, TV shows, whatever we like. My name's Liz. I'm Danny. I'm Wiggles. Today, on this very Merry Christmas Day, we're going to talk to you about The Plight Before Christmas by Katie or Kate. Kate Stewart. Mm-hmm. This is true. But before we do that, we kind of talk about a little something. There's a little something here. We are gonna be crass. We're not. We're not the ladiest of ladies. You heard it here first. Yep. Thanks, Wigs. I didn't even time that. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll hear us swear. You'll hear, hear us talk about all the not a times. And if you're not here for that, I respect and will respect you out the door. Two to lose. Yes, I often usher people out respect. That's what I'm known for. <laughs> Indeed. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. That's mm-hmm. definitely what comes to my mind when I think of you, Wigs. Yes. Yes. Respect. Respect. Respectfully ushering people out the door. So uh, before we dive into the book, I suppose I better tell you a little bit about the author. That would be great if we could first, though, talk about what we last read, watched, <laughs> or whatever. Wanna. There's an agenda. No. There's an outline. No. The, the world works no. this way. No, as it has for us. thirty some odd episodes. How am I? How am I supposed to get past you on this one? <laughs> what? I got nothing. Okay, but I got lots of shit. So I got shit. <sighs> Fine. Okay, so before we get into the book, what did you guys watch or do with your life the last week? Get me caught up. So I had a kind of old lady weekend where I just had me and my friend. Made a bunch of snacks and just spent the entire weekend um, watching movies and I was cross-stitching a lot. And so somehow, I'm not sure how we did this, but we went from watching um, Halloween movies. Di- they were all Disney Halloween movies to simply then watching like old Disney Channel original movies. And then somehow ending the weekend on the movie Jaws. Appropriate. Um, Which is my second favorite movie of all time, but like... I'm, I'm still not 100% sure how we got there. I was not upset. Um, and then I went home and really decided that I wanted to play a video game that I have not played in a very long time. So Danny did a bunch of World of Warcraft. Mm. You played WoW? I did. What wow. a random thing for you to decide to just play WoW again. I just, for some reason, my brain was like, I want to run around a make-believe world and do whatever the fuck I want. And that's very much WoW. Yeah. I read the first three books in the, I think it's the 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 Bonds That Tie. So the first one is Broken Bonds, then Savage Bonds, and then Blood Bonds by Jay Bree. They are a Faded Mate Reverse Harem series. Hmm. But uh, there's six books in the series, and they are all actually a series. It's not like standalones. Um, it, it's kind of a book that got under my skin a little bit, and I, I just like had to keep reading, just had to keep going. And after book three, I was like, yeah, you got to stop. You got to chill. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to finish the next three. They were good, but kind of in like that guilty pleasure kind of way mm-hmm. where you're like, I love I that kind of thing. Like, I don't know if these are actually good, but I felt like I was just so happy. I like to imagine them as candy, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, it's not bad if you have some of it once in a while, but if that's your entire diet, it's it's not going to end well. Yeah. Fair you know? enough. Um, And then I did also finish the audiobook for Butcher and Blackbird by Bryn Weaver. 
And fuck, this book is good. I do think that the audiobook probably increased my overall enjoyment of the book because the production is so well done. And they do actually have both narrators, the the female and male, talking at the same time. So like if it is the man's lines, the man's going to read it no matter whose POV it is. And so that was really good. Um, it's about two serial killers who kind of like Dexter style kill bad guys and track down other serial killers or just generally shitty people and kill them. So all of the trigger warnings for gruesome, gross stuff that they talk about that involves killing people. Um, but it's really funny and it's really spicy when the spice finally happens. And it's just really good. Hmm. It's really good. I might have to keep that in mind. That would be right up my alley, I feel like. Yeah. Well, I did do one thing this week. What'd you do? What'd you do? Well, so I got a month of Netflix against oh. my better judgment. Uh, so we could do The Christmas Prince. Right. But I was like, well, if I'm going to fucking have it, I'm going to watch all the shit that I don't get to watch otherwise. Fair enough. So I binged the in- entirety of um, Fall of the House of Usher. What are your thoughts on that? I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that i wasn't so inexperienced with with poe like i knew probably five of the poems that were referenced sure the rest of them i was like fuck i don't know what this is i don't know what i'm supposed to be looking for yeah but uh i was also surprised at which ones were like just a quick little nod and which ones were like spent for an entire episode no i thought i thought it was very well done which i think in a previous episode i said that those were done by ryan murphy my apologies to mike flanagan (laughs) 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 um but he's doing fine so Uh, (laughs) i don't think he cares (laughs) but uh yeah i don't know i i like seeing all the character actors who come back and i like to imagine that they're in limbo and they just keep having to live out these like horrible lives i don't know why that's been on my my bucket list of things to watch because i've also been thinking about like just get netflix for a month watch all the things you want to watch chuck it out the door correct that's my plan the next thing i'm going to watch is all the light we cannot see which is based on a book that i read i think the year it came out which was like 2015 or something like that and is phenomenal like there's a reason that there's all this fucking praise for it so i'm really excited to see if the series does it justice but yeah that's what i got well why don't you tell us about this author then i would love to you know first of all kate stewart is a usa today best-selling author originally from texas lives in north carolina which um is important because it's referenced a lot in this book yes yes she's also well, according to this, her primary bread and butter of what she writes is messy, sexy, angst-filled contemporary romance, as well as a romantic comedy and erotic suspense, hmm. which I think is fairly accurate given just read. <laughs> and let me tell you about her book, Exodus, The Finish Line, The Last Rainy Day, Sexual Awakenings, oh. Excess, Prey, Room, Never Me, the fall, the mind, the heart, and there are several pages afterwards. So she's been prolific. I I see that she really likes short titles other than this book that we're reading. Yeah. There's a lot of one and two word titles there. Uh, Further ones include Method, Major Love, Anything But Minor, a baseball one. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, there's there's that and many more. Uh, Today we're talking about her Christmas book, The Plight Before Christmas, and uh, I say we dive into it. We should. Does somebody want to tell us what this book's about? 
I can sure tell you about what the book's about, except for that I don't remember the main female character's name. Whitney. Whitney. Thank you. So I can tell us what the the book is about. So it's about Whitney. She is having a real shit week-ish. Month. Month-ish. So she broke her toe. Um, She broke up with the person that she'd been seeing. She missed out on a promotion that she very much deserved. And then she's like, fuck it. I'm just getting out of town. I'm going to my family Christmas at my grandparents' cabin. Her grandparents are both passed, but they're having Christmas at the the cabin now. Um, And so she pulls into the cabin driveway and her car immediately dies in the driveway. So she's had having that happened to me before and it's not as rare as you would think. Yeah. So she's having a real shit time, but she's really excited to see her family. That is until her brother pulls in with a spare and the spare is a guy that he works with and is her ex-boyfriend from college. The one that we all have the one that ripped your heart out. He's the one that ripped her heart out. And so she, now she's faced with spending like two weeks with him. I don't think it's quite two weeks, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's several days for yes. sure. Yes. It's a, it's at least a week. Yeah. Yeah. With him and be, having to be around her family also dealing with him being there. So let's talk about some some enemies to lovers kind of situation. Well, and well, also second chance romance. Second, second chance for romance. Sure. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I would like to just to get it out of the way let's talk about Whitney's life prior to getting to the cabin because it kind of falls off like you forget that she even had a life before yeah, <laughs> the cabin at a certain point it gave us enough to know the context of, of what she had going on with her, the guy who beat her out for the promotion was actually a really great guy and but we also get this like boys club aspect to it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you get enough to realize that like maybe she is being a little whiny but also she probably did deserve the promotion yeah he's he's kind of buddy buddy with um the boss he i believe he's his golfing partner too yeah which that irritates me but that is that isn't to say that just because you're friends with the boss doesn't mean that you don't also deserve a promotion we kind of get everything from whitney's point of view it's true but everybody everybody says that says anything about the guy that won the promotion says that he's an absolutely lovely person and And her But her friends were also saying, like, you really deserve it. Of course, your friends are going to say that. Right. But I think, Wiggles, you're right. Like, we get just enough information to know that Whitney's life, it's not that she's not succeeding, but she's not, like, excelling. She's not happy. She's, like, content. Right. And that's about it. And not not even content, I would say. She's busting her ass for a job she doesn't even, like, she wants to succeed in it because she wants to succeed, not because she wants to succeed at that thing. Right. She's kind of convincing herself that she likes her job. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, it is what she went to school for. But in, in a sense, it's also not because she did double major. But still, like, it, she's very much in that mode of, I like my job. I really like my job. And you you kind of get the sense that it's not really what she's actually wanting to do. Well, and she also has a, a rather lengthy description of her relationship with Kyle, yes. um, who <laughs> who is only in her life because he's got the good dick, uh, and that's it. And he seems has... to be dumb as a stump. Yeah. 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 And she repeatedly says that he has an eight-inch dick. Which, eight like, if, if he has an eight-inch dick, and our, our love interest in the book here has the perfect dick, yeah. what length is that dick? Maybe, you know, we're going to go there. It, it he it might not be longer and it might but it might be uh, thicker. 
Yeah. Eight inches earthier. around. Eight inches around is it's terrifying. Stop it. <laughs> so I had to say it. That's that's a destroyed human. Right yes, there. yes, it is. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> but I did I did find it kind of relatable in the sense that if you're not having necessarily success in some other aspect of your life, you overcompensate by acting like the area where you are having success is going so well. Yeah, and it's like no, <laughs> you're just. You're just not struggling as much there. That doesn't mean it's going the way you actually want it to. Correct. Yeah. Also, I don't need to be called out that hard there, Wigs. Um, you know, it was a self-call out, but if you relate to it, you take that on your own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Whitney, who is 38, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Right? Okay. So she's going home after we learn all of this to be with her family, but her family, like, I, I find the way that, that the author described her family, like, really interesting because at first it's like, oh, they're perfect. They're, her parents are the best relationship. They've been in love for 40 years or whatever. And then her older siblings are all both married and they have two kids. And, like, the, the cabin they're staying at is beautiful and the perfect homey Christmas place. Um, but it all kind of not deteriorates, but, like, as you pull the layers back, you see the cracks. Yeah, everybody's got their things. I actually really enjoyed that aspect of it. I also really enjoyed the fact that this isn't like a 19-year-old girl. Yes. I love the fact that she's 39, 38, 39 years old. And, you know, you're seeing the realities of relationships because just because people seem like they're the perfect relationship on the outside, that is not necessarily what is actually going on. It is, you don't see the inside of an actual relationship. Right. And there's also the aspect of it of it it's almost more deceiving when it doesn't appear like they're putting on a show mm-hmm. right where it's like oh the jabs that they're making at each other's expense they're just jokes you know that's just how they are they're just jokes and mm-hmm. then in reality it's like no that joke was specifically targeted to like hit them between the ribs yeah yep it was meant to wound yes yeah well, before we dive too much into that, I have to ask, because maybe this is just me. I did not read the synopsis on this one, um, or I did a very long time ago, way before we like actually, <laughs> I actually sat down to read it. So I'm just curious, did either of you think that this was going to become a why choose romance with the guys in the elevator? <laughs> I did, there was a moment with the guys in the elevator where I was like, is something happening here? Right? Yeah, I kind of was doing the same thing. I'm like, I was like, oh, we- oh, oh, Okay. <laughs> Going, going for the young bucks, huh? All yeah. right. That's not what went down. No, no. that's not what went down. But uh, I was prepared. I, I got myself ready. I was like, okay, 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 okay. See, this Wiggles was the book that you picked out. So I went into it fully blind. I was like, Wiggles said, read book and Liz read book. <laughs> Correct. That's that's pretty much how it happens for me whenever you guys choose something. I'm like, they told me to read this. So now I do. Well, before we started this podcast, never ever in my life have I read a book that was specifically about Christmas other than how to wrap, gift wrap a, a horse from when I was a child. <laughs> I don't know if you were familiar with that one. No, the whole no. plot is shockingly about how you would gift wrap a horse. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the only, well, maybe the Grinch who stole Christmas, right? I but like that's it. That's all I've got in my repertoire. So when you were like, "Oh, we should choose like holiday-ish movies and books," I was like, "We're gonna do an internet search. Yep, <laughs> and see yep. what's out there." Because <laughs> I had no idea. 
Um, I had no clue either. I was like, oh, look, a Christmas prince, because I weirdly have watched that. (laughs) Well, since we're talking about it, what did you guys think of the Christmas in this book? It hit me in the nostalgia feels. It really did me too. Me too. Like of the Christmas books I've read this year so far, this being the third, I'm not exactly (laughs) going out there for them here. But this one is the most Christmas to me because, well, A, we spent a lot of time in Christmas activities Mm -hmm. like sledding and going Christmas shopping with the family and all the other shit, decorating the tree. Secret Rudolph. Yeah. Because the the one nephew is absolutely fucking terrified of Santa. Which, yeah. to be fair, for a little kid, it couldn't. It, you can see how we'd get there. Very much so. And so the fact that they can't even say the word Santa, so it's Secret Rudolph. No lie. No. <laughs> no lie. No Santa. No Santa. <laughs> okay. Um, Not to get us off track, though. Does this author have kids? I couldn't find that out. I but don't know. I don't, I don't know. know what age. She's trying to make this child. Peyton? Yes. Uh, they said at one point, I thought it was 18 months. Yes. Yeah, so which he okay. seems old, too old to be 18 months. So that maybe that was why that was 18 months. Right? Like, I don't know. I was very confused. I was like, there would be moments where I was like, okay, that d- seems developmentally appropriate for like a one-year-old. And then there were other times where I was like, okay, why, why, why is he acting like a three-year-old? Mm-hmm. Like enough to form these kinds of sentences. Like, what is happening here? My thought process is that he's probably about two. But then they talk about him like he's a baby. And I'm like... At two years old, that's a monster. That's not a baby. That's you're confused. Yeah, sometimes you still, even though they're like two, you still refer to them as the baby. True, but they have a younger baby now who gets neglected. Wyatt. Yes. Yeah, Wyatt doesn't get all the fun stuff. I don't know how old Wyatt is. I can't remember. I I think he. I mean, he's young enough to still be in diapers at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but you it, still you can still wear diapers for a while. Right, but uh, just like. We know for a fact that he has diapers because yeah. they're talked about. But I don't know. For some reason, I got it. the thought that was in my head was that he was about six months, that he was significantly younger than that does than seem Peyton. right because he's not really he's not, he's talking. not talking or yeah. anything. So um, and Connor also gets the short stick. <laughs> Connor does get talked about a lot, specifically that she is shy. Yes. And that Eli kind of has a connection with her when they do mm-hmm. their cute little introvert stuff well at various different points uh whitney is like i shouldn't pick favorites and i was like yes listen to that instinct you bitch <laughs> <laughs> god damn it <laughs> well grace is nine grace so, is nine so there's like grace connor is i think about the same age but a little bit younger i think she's got to be at least like seven yeah yeah either way uh this book did have quite a bit of nostalgia even if you yeah. don't have kids like around mm-hmm. um just like the gathering of people mm-hmm. for an extended period of time they even have one roof yeah, yeah they even have the shitty relative that everybody just kind of puts up with for the day you know i don't really have any that are that bad <laughs> yeah she was definitely turned up to like 11 but yeah yeah there's also the like because we're all together we eventually start bickering and we mm-hmm. need to either separate or just have a good fight and get over it but we can't do that because we're all together and we're being nice and not mm-hmm. gonna yell at each other because we're mm-hmm. all together and the code to get away from the children gonna go clean the garage yep which was them getting high like yeah they were smoking smoking pot i love that their mother was aware oh yeah listen uh like she said at the end of the book uh, she knows all she knew everything it's true 
Uh, yeah. So it felt pretty Christmassy. It did feel very Christmassy. I yeah. loved the the um, gingerbread making, house making, like contest. That felt very accurate to me. Like there's yeah. especially the like initial, I'm going to be really like, I'm going to make this perfect. It's going to be great. And then it's, wow, isn't that nice? <laughs> oh. A couple of years ago, my sister and I were got... We got in our heads. We we're like, we're doing gingerbread houses this year. We're getting all kinds of crazy candies. We're going all out. And we did. And they were cute for literally two minutes. <laughs> and then I want we need to get them out of the way to cook. And yeah. we have a corn stove in our house. And we put it on the table, which happens to be very close to said corn stove. And they literally melted oh, no. into this horrific looking oh. thing. Did you at least get pictures of them? Of the melted, yes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I have never made a gingerbread house that I can remember. I mean, we used a kit. like we. Oh, yeah. I don't know that I've ever made one either. Yeah. I also like during the gingerbread making contest that half of the family was just like bounced. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> which is also accurate. Like, oh, yeah, this ain't for me. I'm going to go sit on the couch. That is so accurate. <laughs> I'm just like, good for you. Bye. I'm going to go take a nap. Um. It, while we're just talking about the random Christmas activities, I also loved the sledding because if that doesn't sound like some fucking small town Midwest shit of, well, we're too snowed in to actually go to the sledding hill. So we're going to all take some random kitchen uh, cookie sheets and roasting pans and shit and just go down the hill. Uh, that sounds accurate, except for the kitchen uh, appliance parts because my mother would never have let us do that oh yeah no my mother would have murdered us but it is very midwest to be like well we, we're too snowed in to go to this we're gonna do it here that's what mm. shovels are for man that is yeah i'm surprised they didn't ride a shovel instead yeah like, that's a more appropriate sled yeah also why do you have no sleds of your that own that was also you very gonna strange go to a sledding to hill with no sleds well i think you, there was like a you rent the tubes or something yeah i but... think they were going tubing that's some rich people shit. Yeah. But also, you, put a you don't have bag sweats? on your legs, you slide down. Quit being such a rich bitch. <laughs> <laughs> or my other thought process, too, is like you, you literally have nothing. You don't have like canoes or a garbage yeah, right? can. Like, lid. there's so many garbage can options. lids. <laughs> I like, and I, the, I had a moment, a couple moments where I was like, how small are your asses? Right? I know. <laughs> or how big are your roasting pans? Right? Like mine. Not That's not happening. No. <laughs> Children not. I could see. Yeah. But like Whitney went down once with Peyton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you sitting on? She must have a tiny ass. That's yeah. all I know. She does mention that she is small. Mm-hmm. Like she's 5'4". Mm-hmm. I thought she something? said 5'2". Yeah. Maybe. No, she's teeny. She's teeny. I, I I think she was even shorter than I am. I also saw, thought that sledding scene was pretty accurate where it went south. Oh, yeah. Oh, for yeah. For sure. Because it always, it, those kind of dumb activities where we're going to just make it work, always go until somebody does something where they either almost get hurt or for sure get hurt. Yes. I just time. love the baby save. Yeah. Which is also incredibly accurate. Do you know the amount of times that I have gone down a sledding hill or something like or done something like that with a small child with me and I don't care if I get hurt but that baby's going to be held up in the air and not allowed to be harmed in any way shape or form right I I did also not fully understand how she injured herself like I didn't get listed the injuries and I was kind of like okay but how did you get those like how did you hit and hold the baby up in the air like I could not 
imagine the configuration, but yeah. I didn't get it either. Yeah, but it neither. did lead to Eli stripping her in the bathroom, and that's, that's the whole point. It's true, indeed. Also, I'm just saying her ass must have healed really quick because there was a whole thing about her ass being bruised up, yeah. and no mention of it when things got a little spicy, and and, and then a lot spicy. In my 30s, my ass don't heal that quick. No. If I bruise my tailbone, yeah. or didn't she also somehow also bruise her clavicle really bad? Yeah. Yes. She I, dinged her clavicle. Her sh- like the shoulder area, at least. Yeah. Because that was his mis- excuse to massage her. I wanted that massage. <laughs> I did too. I'm don't telling we you. All. Don't we all? <laughs> I'm like, I don't even really want the sexy times afterwards. Can you just give me the massage? Mm-hmm. But I suppose getting back to. <laughs> Uh, the arrival. So uh, she shows up. Her car's trashed. It's smoking in the driveway. It's literally fucking smoking. Yeah. And she just sits in the car and she's like, yeah. I- <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> I did nothing to fix this situation. The only so- <laughs> the only good thing about that situation was that it waited until she was actually in the driveway. Like, because it almost gave out on the street. Yes. That's your damn Christmas miracle right there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Well, you never want to have to do the call that goes like this. Hey, dad. So (laughs) my car. (laughs) So she shows up and she does this thing. I do this all the time where like you've gotten to your destination and you know, as soon as you walk through that door, you will have to be social. Yeah. Yeah. And she like does this little prep, but she does it with a fucking bottle of alcohol and i'm like i need to change my tactics (laughs) (laughs) i was inspired i was like ah this is how it's meant to be done ah that's how things happen (laughs) you kind of you kind of open the jack while you're in the car oh my god i Um, love that that's also her like tribute to the family for the for the holiday season is a box of booze yeah we all we all have that family member that we're like you don't cook yeah (laughs) thank you it's never mentioned that that's what it is but also no one ever asks her for help cooking no no i am only allowed to make things like pinwheels and she's apparently only allowed to make the cheese ball yes (laughs) she even has to defend it to her aunt who's like it needed more worcestershire sauce that's how (laughs) i imagine she sounds in my head Um, (laughs) she's like i followed the recipe to a t and her mom's like it's delicious, honey. And then, like, I don't know if this was a running gag that y'all caught, but then it keeps coming back. This cheese ball somehow survived <laughs> that many people and got saved for later. And yes, she's right. Later on, pulling it out of the fridge. I'm like, you can't cook. But you didn't have to say it outright. You spelled it. <laughs> right. Uh, well, it, it's also her and Eli that do the dishes all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, the people mm-hmm. who don't help at the beginning of the meal. Yep. <laughs> yep. The ones who only help at the end. <laughs> we all have Correct. one of those. So here's the scenario. Your brother. Mm-hmm. We all got one. Mm-hmm. Your little shit, even though yours is older, he shows just... up with your fucking ex. Do you go upstairs and scream at him or do you give him a scrotum kick? Just ask him. <laughs> Um, my politeness would require that I pull him aside to scrotum kick him. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I was shocked at how vocal she was, knowing that literally everyone can hear her. Yeah. Uh, especially she hasn't seen Eli in 17 years, yeah. mm-hmm. as they say. I would not be saying anything in front of him. No. I would be grabbing my, my brother, uh, who is older than her. So, yes. Danny, you would know this more accurately. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And I would I would be pulling him into that garage and being like, you motherfucker. I would have been like, the fuck? 
I would not be screaming because that is just not something I do. But I would be pulling in, shutting door, and having an angry, whispering conversation. Yes. Yes. Which is almost worse, I feel like, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was so surprised. I was like, if you if you tell me, okay, we're gonna bring your ex from almost two decades ago, uh, and then you're gonna throw a fit in front of him. No, no. Oh no, no. you did not play that right. The right way to play that is to be like, Eli, who? Yeah, that was. Do I remember you from somewhere? Like you, you, she got no chill. Yeah, no. See, (laughs) that would have been my game. I would have been like. Oh, it's very nice to meet you. And then, like, when I happen to be able to catch my brother later, be like, are you fucking kidding me? What is fucking wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. And then the whole house knew. Like, yeah. immediately the whole house knew. Like, right. Every single thing you do, whether you, like, no matter what, is going to be scrutinized from that point on. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, everybody was chill other than Serena and Whitney. Everybody was like, well... Merry Christmas. Get over it. Even her parents were like, be nice to the guest. They're like, you could be a little more chill. In fact, <laughs> I will give them that like, while it sucks, it has been 17 years. Um, But they were also kind of under the impression that he didn't know when he was coming because his brother didn't apparently know her brother didn't know. Mm-hmm. So I will give that to her brother. He didn't know. He was mostly innocent. Mostly, mostly innocent. innocent. Eli was not. Eli was very guilty. Mm-hmm. Very, very guilty. Lie. <laughs> Lie. I loved that. I, I love that Peyton's immediate name for him was Lie. I was like, karma does exist. Karma does exist. <laughs> Lie. Way to go, Peyton. <gasps> Lie. But he likes Lie. He does. Berry milk. <laughs> I, I will. Did, as I was reading some of his, he's like struggling yeah. to pronounce. I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're saying, kid. <laughs> like, it literally, as if he was saying it in front of me, but I don't know what you're saying. No, no. I, I had that too. I will say, so I had the audiobook, so I had a different experience. Mm. So I got the adorable little lie, berry milk. It, it was really fucking cute. It made my grinchy heart melt a little bit. It's still there, but it's melted a little. <laughs> it was very cute. I will say, regardless of the fact that Peyton's age may not be accurately represented, I did enjoy how she wrote Peyton. He was very cute. Yes, he was definitely used as a simultaneous, like, comic really foible and just in general cuteness of yes. the factor. Mm-hmm. So. And he saved him from Santa. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, goodness. That was what I don't know why that line sticks out to me when she's like, you saved Peyton from Santa. I was like, oh, don't fall for him again. He ripped your heart out. <laughs> I trust nothing. I don't know if it was... I don't know if I liked how long we had to wait to find out like what he did that was so bad. I would sort of fall for his his shtick. Yeah. You know, and then I'd be like, no, he did something really fucked up. She cried for three months straight. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, also, some people are more dramatic. It may not have been that bad. And I, like, I had this like going and forth in my head. I'm like, how bad was it? Tell me the truth. Well, I think that was kind of supposed to be the point because mm-hmm. as the reader, we don't want to hate Eli. Mm-hmm. But you're so, also trying to figure out where your alliances lie. Yes. <laughs> well, but like, I, I mean, like from the author's perspective, like you yes. don't want to write a character that you hate until like the end when the big reveal is. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to tell you right away that he was moody and like really kind of not a good boyfriend and like all this no. other shit. So you had to fall for adult Eli first so that you could forgive shitty 20 something year old Eli. 
So we've been talking a lot about their family and but mostly the kids. What did you guys think of like the sibling relationship between Whitney and Brendan and Serena? Accurate. Very accurate. Right? I thought she wrote the family dynamics really well. I loved the sister telepathy, like mm-hmm. when it was happening. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's accurate. For I real. also love that she had the sister telepathy with her sister-in-law. Yeah. Like she very much loves her sister-in-law. They are very much sisters. Mm-hmm. They even call her each other sister. Yeah. yeah. Although I, they do call each other sister and brother. And I'm like, I'm never, unless I'm introducing somebody introducing one of my siblings to somebody i have never been like hey sister it doesn't no doesn't fit my family yeah i don't really say like sis or hey baby bro i don't say that yeah no ew gross it feels wrong i don't know why (laughs) but otherwise also i love that brendan was he's the middle child and he had the most middle child energy to me for sure Oh, yeah. 100%. He also had strong only son energy. Yeah. Yeah. He like, had strong little shit energy. <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm, there there was definitely a dynamic in this that I see reflected in, in my family of whether intentional or unintentional, subliminal or overt. There is this element of the guys don't have to do as much to, to support yeah. the success of Christmas. And yeah. Alan just happened to be a like really into it yeah I I don't know that so much with my family however (laughs) my only sibling hates Christmas and so to a degree we don't make him do certain things because he just doesn't like it he doesn't like Christmas he puts up with it for our dumb asses which is true love I feel like true love (laughs) he very much shows that he loves us because he puts up with our asses I also really enjoyed that Alan the the dad uh, when Whitney first shows up is outside hanging Christmas lights just to avoid the family. It's like just I am here doing this task. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is a classic dad yeah. move of like, you know, uh, we haven't given a shit about the leaves this entire time. But now that you've company, we got to rake that bitch. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to sorry. I'm going to be too busy to hang out before dinner. I got leaves. Right. <laughs> um. <laughs> Especially because Grace, who's nine, just had her first period. And so she was all up in arms mm-hmm. right? about everything. I can't imagine getting it that young. Fuck. No, I know people who did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I was 12, 13. I, I can't remember that. exactly. Um, but that even alone was like, fuck. Just yeah. kick me in the face. I think I was 11. Damn. God, I hate that bitch. Um. <laughs> But yeah, like I understand the she's very much a in a I'm a teenager mode, even though she's not. Mm. Yeah. Well, you you would if you had to go through those hormones that early. Oh God, they're so fucking terrible too. Yeah. Ugh. Well, and I felt a little sympathy for Gracie because I was at one point in my life that kid that everyone was like, God, get it to shut up, make it stop, make it stop, make it stop screaming um i was the obnoxious (laughs) annoying inconvenient kid for sure well gracie if you uh, not to dive into a rather minor character in this book but if you really start breaking her down of how she probably has all of these emotions and thoughts and feelings she's nine yeah and her younger brother is two ish Mm -hmm. so she was an only child for a long time yes she was and she's the oldest of the cousins. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Connor is 
probably a couple years younger than her. Mm-hmm. So she's got a lot. Yes. <laughs> yes. She's got a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And she, I, I, it's a minor thing, but it really makes me smile is that she wants to be a makeup artist. That's what she wants to do. She's really excited about it. Is she good at it? No, she's fucking nine. But Whitney's trying to be supportive. Mm. So when Eli shows up, she essentially has clown makeup on because she let her little niece do her makeup. Right. Well, and that's that's the other part of the invasion aspect of it. Like she's defensive before she even finds out it's Eli, and I totally get that because when you're with your family, right. you're just your family. You're yeah. a different person. Oh, absolutely. And anybody who says different is lying. Like you just you have um like maybe you hold back certain things, but those are very different from the things you hold back from like a, your friends and colleagues and whatever. Right. When you're mm-hmm. with your family, you're like I can look like a sack of potatoes that's been run over three times and nobody's gonna give a shit they might be like you know you're kind of starting to smell might want to take one of them showers (laughs) but (laughs) but but, like nobody gives a shit it's like whatever versus if you have company that's a totally different dynamic yeah i can't believe they didn't tell her until she was already there because like she packed and she even talks about it whitney packed like her just chilling at home clothes her being around her family clothes her sweats and shit and so when they go to do the like secret rudolph shopping she's like shit i gotta buy like clothes yes (laughs) to not look like a frumpy old maid yes absolutely yeah because that that, things are very different when you have like actual company especially for the holidays and everything yes yeah like so my family, at least, so we do have a couple of people that come over and play games with us and everything, but they don't count. They are kind of considered part of the family at this point. I will still wear my jam jams all fucking day because I don't give a shit. <laughs> but this is somebody that she was unaware that she knew mm-hmm. at the time that she was informed that he was coming. So I would have been miffed. Like, I'm sorry, you, you, a stranger is coming into the house. Like, why didn't you warn me so that I could have some half-ass decent clothes or have an attempt to look decent? Right. And also, and now I can't really relax. There's yes. a person. Yeah. Yeah. There's a different type of relaxing you. Yeah. You're, you're able to do. Um. While we're talking about the family, I just have to mention the email chain. In the very beginning, I was laughing my fucking ass fucking off reading that. Oh my god, <laughs> so, so funny! <laughs> and the assistant's reply. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh my god, I fucking loved it. I'm like, oh, their dad is so extra. Yes. I love it so much. I I was like, here's the thing: if my dad had any energy or tolerance for technology he would 1000 percent do that shit like the the greatest gift he's ever given my family is never really figuring out how to text (laughs) (laughs) i also really love he constantly is using alexa to do announcements throughout the house and so he just he makes the echo or whatever you know the speaker do yes. the all the announcements even though they can hear him yelling at the, the device to create the announcement well in my head he had hidden alexas yes all over the fucking house <laughs> too <laughs> that's what i was picturing i didn't know that you could talk into one alexa and all of the alexas become your speakers and now i'm like Challenge do i accepted. want this yeah <laughs> i have seen a person on tiktok that so her daughter is off at college 
and they have Alexis that are all on the same account so she can make announcements into her daughter's dorm room. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then the daughter can reply. And oh, my God, it's so fucking funny. My my dad is exactly that level of petty. And that's what I I really mean. Like, if he adapted his level, <laughs> his energy to technology, we'd be fucked. Because like this is this is how this man woke me up for like five years of my life. Um, he would come into my room just a little, just like, cause the, the light switch was right on the inside of the door uh-huh. and he'd be like, Aaron, it's time to wake up. The quietest thing, which never would wake me up. And he'd be like, excuse accepted. And he would take, I slept on a bunk bed, by the way, <laughs> he would take the light and he would flash it on. And so the lights like maybe a foot away from my face and he'd be like, ha 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 ha. And he would like turn it on and off. And I'd be like, <laughs> like awakened teenage nightmare. <laughs> And he'd be like, <laughs> and he'd walk away, bastard. And then he'd come back because I, had, uh, you know, I didn't get up. <laughs> and he'd yeah. be like, turn it back on again. And I was like, that's what he can do with a with a piece of technology that has two settings. <laughs> what would this man do with an Alexa? <laughs> My dad used animals to wake me up. Like um, throw them at you? No. Well, kind of ish. My dad um, does that one too sometimes. <laughs> no, I'm talking about live animals. Um, That's what I'm talking about. Yes. Cats would be thrown on top of me. <laughs> so he would, one, our dog, he, he could do this in any order. It did not matter who he said first, but he would open the door and go, Rebel, go wake up Danny. And he'd bolt into my room and jump on me, <laughs> which is just mean. And he could do it to myself, my brother, and my mother. Um, Because God forbid any of the three of us wake up first um and then the other thing he did was if he did not use the dog he would use the hamster and i oftentimes sleep on my stomach and then he would put a hamster down the back of my shirt poor hamster a poor hamster <laughs> i mean the ha- my hamsters were very used to being handled and so it literally just like walked down my spine <laughs> so we talked about a little bit about alan but i wanted to talk about him just a smidge more if we could okay. before we move on from him in that he is an elvis impersonator yes competitor yes he won <laughs> in vegas in vegas which is an accomplishment yes and so there's a whole thing about whitney having this like great musical talent that she doesn't share with anybody which she obviously gets from her dad she must right mm-hmm. right <laughs> and all that was like really great flavor i thought like just a little 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 sprinkle on a something you know I feel like all of the characters had a little bit of yeah, a little really, flavor, really good. Like, yeah. like Ruby, the mom, I thought her name was Ruby, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get confused. My cat's name is Ruby. And so then my brain was just like kind of. Does not compute. Yeah. <laughs> so Ruby, the mom was very just like, she, she came across as the like sweet, I'm the sweet mom and everybody gets along and blah, blah, blah. And then she also tells the stories about how she shot her husband in the ass on purpose with a crossbow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I thought that was a funny story. I, I was like, you're a woman after my own heart. <laughs> I trust you now more than the others. Yeah. I will say on the note of her shooting him with the crossbow, I really appreciated um, how, you know, she had the different relationships in the in the um, book and how she shows the cracks in each of them, even the one that has the most solid foundation. They've been married for 40 years and she's having this talk with Eli about you know everybody thinks our relationship is perfect but you know what yeah I purposely shot my husband in the ass with a crossbow because he pissed me off and I was done 
Mm-hmm. Well, she also said that she almost divorced him that year, too. The one couple is really stresses me out through the entire fucking book. Serena and Thatch? Yes. Mm, I am Serena. That was kind of fun to read. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, another character that I am. Great. Well, and I completely get her frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thatch just really is very dense to the fact that she is is beginning to feel unloved she's beginning to feel unnoticed in their relationship and i understand he's stressed i understand having a nine-year-old who just had her period is also very stressful for dad i totally get that but you gotta bang it out with the wifey every now and then well and the the other thing is at, at the end thatch kind of explains to eli that the reason he's kind he's been distant he's been he's been trying to plan this renewal of their vows mm-hmm. and like get these rings and do all this stuff but obviously he's fucking it up because Majorly. he's mm-hmm. just creating all this animosity between the two of them by hiding this secret or hiding this big purchase of this ring and they work it out at the end when Eli basically just says, you need to fuck your wife. Yes. I yeah. thought that scene was fucking hilarious. Yes, oh, my was. God. It was so fucking funny. And when he's like, here's the thing, dude. I'm pretty sure she was going to get on her knees and blow you. And then you rejected her without realizing it. And do you know what that did to her self-esteem? Like, she wants to feel noticed. And she wants, you fuck your wife. Goddamn. <laughs> Don't you? Like, well, <laughs> it, it felt like one of those things where it's like, bruh. Are you going to look me in the eyes and tell me you don't need to get laid to my guy? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then he also lays it out for her other sibling. Yes. Uh, well, after this is after Whitney, like basically said, you want to come for me, bro? Yeah. And that felt like the most sibling shit yes. I've ever seen. Like, oh, oh, we're doing truth telling. Guess who's oh. on the chopping block next, bitch? <laughs> oh, you want to go there? Watch me. Yeah. Watch me. I know everything. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and theirs was basically just that Aaron, his wife, which I'm sure was fun for you to read. Um, thank God she was not on very much. That's true. <laughs> uh, and also in no way, shape or form similar to you. So no, way closer to Danny, actually. I yeah. yeah. Uh, basically, they moved from North Carolina where all their family and friends and everything to or sorry, they moved from Nashville to Charlotte, I believe. Something no. like that. Um, yeah, one of those. No, two. they, one they. Two. I think they moved from Charlotte to Nashville. That, that's what I thought. It I don't, don't matter. Either way, they moved from one city to another. Yeah. And Aaron, his wife, is sad because she misses all of her friends and family, and she's miserable. Right, and she doesn't have that support system. Yeah. After just having had a baby, because mm-hmm. I, I don't think that baby is a year old. I no, I don't think so either. He's not. Why it isn't? He wasn't saying anything. No, so yeah, no. he wasn't even doing blah 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 blah. blah right. Was, you know. Though he did let loose an explosive shit all over Eli. That, that was for me, so fucking like, funny. Yes, Eli was forgiven. But after he got shit on, I was like, okay, I forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, blowouts happen, man. I I probably would have the same reaction. You'd be uh, like dry heaving everywhere. I probably. So here's I don't the know, thing. Some baby shits are nasty. They're they are. Disgusting. <laughs> the other good thing about that scene was that. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) The other thing I liked about that scene is then Whitney got to undress Eli in the bathroom. Yeah. So, you know, we're not just having one person undressing the other. Everybody's undressing everybody. (laughs) uh, Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Can I talk about my favorite line from um, Little Guy, Little Man? (laughs) From Peyton? Yes. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Mufasa. Mufasa. Oh, yeah. He like he called out Aaron hard and I was like, God damn. 
Yeah, so evil uh, shit. Mufasa is sex hair. I mean, yes. Eli doesn't know that. He just thinks it's or not Eli Peyton doesn't know that. He just it's like, oh, you got a lion's mane, but it's sex hair. <laughs> and then when it turn, it comes back around, and this is why it makes me so happy, is because it comes back around. Everybody was gone. Eli and Whitney got down. And then he starts freaking out because when are your family going to get home? And he's like, dust, dust, like to try to cover up the smell. To use the pledge. Yes, to use the pledge. And then he's like, oh, God, why they won't think they won't buy that we've been dusting. The entire logic of what was going through Eli's head was not. Yeah, it wasn't. He was panicking. He there was, was no math mathing at all in that situation. He, he was, was like, let's use pledge to cover up our sex stink. And then not he, just open a window. <laughs> I just love Whitney's response she, it, where she explains it to him. And then he's like, you're right. What covers up the smell of pledge? And she's like, nothing. nothing. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> just dust. Just dust. But when he looks at her, he goes, oh, my God, Mufasa, fix your Mufasa hair. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, I love it so much. It will forever be Mufasa hair to me. Yes. I also love when he hit, I was, I'm not sure if it was Eli or Whitney with his toy hammer. <laughs> it was like, in the past. <laughs> it was Whitney. <laughs> in the past. I'm like, that is a kid who watches way too much God, Lion King. <laughs> the past hurts. <laughs> Good job, kid. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yes, the past can hurt. <laughs> Well, it's uh, shit like that where I'm like, how old is this kid? <laughs> yeah, but how much? I think he... he was just repeating what he saw in Lion King. He yeah. sees Rafiki hit somebody and say that line. And that's what he did. Yeah. It he... just happened to be really good timing for the book. <laughs> yes. That's it. And it is. He watches the Lion King religiously because yeah, they mention it multiple times that he's watching the Lion King on his dad's iPad. All right. We haven't talked about one pretty big thing here. Okay. That's the romance. Ah, fuck it. We don't need that. <laughs> oh, well, it's their, their relationship is so fucking complicated. Yeah, it is. It's very complicated. And, and you don't know the full extent, obviously, until the end. But I mean, they give me the vibe of like, it, when they're in a room together, everybody's like, you two fucked. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, you know, that that couple that tries to pretend that they're not a couple and everybody's like, should we see? Like, like, where are you hiding? Um, and I think that that's got to be particularly weird for her family members who thought that their brother was just bringing some guy. <laughs> yeah, I kind of I like their relationship. I wish in a perfect world, they would have not had the like giant miscommunications that caused the downfall of their relationship 17 years ago because he was being a hard-hearted asshole that wouldn't talk about things. Men, right? Men. But then you find out why. No, it's and understandable. It makes sense. Yeah. Like at first I was like, okay, so you were just a moody 20-year-old. I get it. We've all been there. Mm-hmm. We all have things that we're not particularly proud of in our 20s. I mean, here's the thing. I think that he's right in his assessment at the very end where he's saying, I don't think we would have gotten, or, I don't think we would have made it if we no. stayed together. Like, I agree. Even, even if we had, like, it wasn't that moment, it was going to be a moment. Did I end it shittily? Yeah. But, like, there was no way. I was not in the right headspace. And you thought that something was happening that I could not deliver. Right. Right. They mentioned that he worked on himself after this. He got into 
into counseling. Mm-hmm. He went through he I mean, he went through a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Stuff that he wouldn't share with her and everything. And the fact of the matter is is that he kind of needed to. He just yeah. wasn't ready to. Right. Well, when you have leukemia, which is what he describes, and you mm-hmm. spend your entire life, like you don't really get a childhood, you spend your entire life isolated, and you don't even get like the the typical relationship with your parents. Mm-hmm. Like, not only does he have all of the the grief and um every and anxiety and depression around that that he's trying to come out of it, and he's only been in remission for a couple years. By the time they have the relationship, mm-hmm. he also missed out on like. <laughs> emotional intelligence social mm-hmm. intelligence yep. like just he is not at he might be 20 i don't know when they were dating like what 22 21, 21 something like that but he's mentally uh, way lower mm-hmm. yes way younger and there's i mean you know people always say that cancer kids who have cancer grew up grow up way too fast and there's the the transverse thought process of that it's like yeah they had to grow up and they they had to learn a lot of really hard lessons really yeah. quick but at the same time they didn't get to have a childhood then so they are emotionally stunted and everything because the reason that we have childhoods is because you learn from them right well even just how to have a relationship with another person yep like not even a romantic one just how to have like a friendship, a friendship. or exist with another person well the only time we see eli and this is from his perspective talking with his friends he's being a fucking asshole yeah Mm -hmm. um and so it it, it's not it's such a one-off that it's easy to miss but it's very clear that whitney was not the exception she was rule yeah if anything she was the exception in how close she did get right absolutely well and the other thing is is that oh god this is so fucking tragic so he like he was waiting for his scan to find out if the cancer was back or if he was in remission and his his dad had to go pick up his mom or his mom had to go pick up his dad His dad had to go pick up his mom because his mom was drunk at the bar yeah Yeah. so his his dad left to go pick up his mom and he was super mad at them because they were waiting on the 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 scan information and he came back and it it came back and he found out he was in remission and then his parents were killed before they even ever found out. Well, and there's also this very specific additional feeling of guilt in that he says that he knew that there was something off about his dad, that his dad's building resentment against his mother's drinking had been just getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he knew there was something wrong about letting his dad go to go retrieve her and even begged her not begged him not to go. And then he, I can't remember exactly how he says it, but it, the, it's implied that there were not bad weather conditions that they were driving on. There yeah, were not, there was not. A, and it was a single car accident. So he in his mind, he'll never know. But he thinks that they were having some big blowout in the car when it happened. Yeah, which does make sense. He said that there was no adverse weather conditions. There was nothing going on. He goes, I think they they got into a big fight in the car. And yeah, it. Oh God, that just. And he then points out that he really at that point had only been living for them. Like he had fully been to a point where he just wanted to give up. He wanted to be done. And so then he didn't have them to live for anymore. And then he's cancer free. And so he's cancer free, but now he's an orphan. So it's almost like there's never a moment of being quote unquote normal, though Mm -hmm. I I use the, the word normal very loosely here because what is normal, but and then he has to go to college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and he doesn't fuck her for a long time because cancer meds can make you impotent. 
Yeah, which is a whole thing, like, up until the end when he explains that, where there's all these flashbacks, and she's like, let's get going, and he's like, no, I'm gonna hold off, and then you finally find out why. Well, and it ex- And they can, just well, saying. Well, Cancer yes. can make you impotent. Well, and, and it, it also wasn't just that, he was also a virgin to all of it. Yeah. Right. Virgin to a relationship, n- never had sex, never kissed, any of that. She's his first for all of it, from what it sounds like. And so he's like very cautious to do anything because mm-hmm. he has no point of reference. Yeah. I think he did say that he'd messed around with other mm. people before her, but yeah. not sex. Right. Because of the ED. And he's also sterile. So that was the whole like breakup is be him realizing that he can't give her the future she wants of the ha- the, f- the happy family and the kids and all that because because mm-hmm. he's shooting he blanks well, and he's just not in the right headspace for it absolutely right. not well and the thing is he he even admits to he plays up to the casanova thing yeah mm-hmm. because he wanted to know but also like he if you're talking about someone who can play it cool he nailed it oh yeah, yeah. he left the people wanting more <laughs> but Whitney does describe him as always being really hot or cold Mm -hmm. like when things were good they were great but when they weren't they were very like very cold Mm -hmm. well and when you're that age and unless you're like shockingly experienced with dating several other people uh it's gonna be kind of hard to figure out if it's just like he's kind of a moody bitch sometimes or if it's something more Mm -hmm. and even if you do figure out it's something more you're not gonna have the right tools at your disposal to figure out about it right it's the kids your kids your kids (laughs) you're the youths so that does change the perspective of the book but up until that point what did you guys think of their romance because like up until then we just know he was a moody bitch up until that point i like i didn't so i i had moments because he's a moody bitch Mm -hmm. and so like i loved the past moments where he was being flirtatious and funny and i'm gonna take you on a thousand dates and never kiss you you know that kind of stuff i loved that and then there is I like adult Eli and I like the like little romantic moments for them when he's trying to quote unquote win her back without making it seem like he's trying to win her back because he also doesn't really want to blow his cover that he knew the whole fucking time. That he- uh, I don't know. He it was literally day two where they were shopping and he cornered her in the store. Well, true. <laughs> yeah. Was, like all up in her face. Old Eli, smooth motherfucker. New Eli, zero chill. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, I was just like, what the fuck? There I do understand so many that. moments. Yeah. I do understand that to a degree, though, because like old Eli had some chill because he was a moody motherfucker. New Eli desperately wants her back. Yes. And and is trying to figure out how to play the game. Yes. And is doing so bad. <laughs> he is like, so bad. <laughs> I really enjoyed the drunk scene. Oh, my God. Um, it's so funny. It's funny. I thought it was actually well written. I think mm-hmm. so many times people like really fuck up a drunk scene. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was it, that she hit it, the author on the head there. But I was like, this this feels right. This is how somebody would react. I also like that he... Yes, he was like confessing a whole bunch of shit. He would not have confessed in right. that, at least in mm-hmm. that way, sober. Um, but also was doing it in a barely coherent way, yes. and that is so accurate to my experience of dealing with <laughs> drunk people. Where I'm like, you are gonna regret saying that tomorrow. No, no, no. you're wrong. No. By the way, 
audiobook presentation of it. Oh, was it funny? Oh my god, it was so fucking funny. <laughs> I was like doing shit, and I was like, I got, I got to sit here for a minute because this is. <laughs> This is gold right here. (laughs) Uh, I will say, though, the scene that led to that drunk scene, which was the guy, the tow truck guy, Sean. Hot Sean. Hot Sean. That's what I've called him in all of my notes. (laughs) Hot Sean. Coming to take her busted ass car away. Um, I I don't know. That one seemed a little hammed up for me, but I also enjoyed it. I loved it. It cracked me up because he's just like, oh, yeah, that motherfucker wants you. Here, let's, Here, let's let me make help. him jealous. I had maybe not the intended reaction that the author had where I was like, I need to get me a hot Sean. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. I know. I had a moment where I was like, is this where we changed to yeah, are we not Eli? We go, are we doing Sean now? Because I'm, I'm down. I had I'm several, into hot Sean. <laughs> I had several moments of that in this book where it was like, okay, there's the elevator scene. And then there's hot Sean. And then there's Eli. And then they were really talking up the guy she lost the promotion to. So I was like, is 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 the guy that she lost the promotion to going to show up? Like, is is that who's going to show up to Christmas? I didn't really. Yeah, there's too many hot boys. There there's was a, a lot, lot of hot, hot boys that are genuinely nice people. But I did quite enjoy the scene with with Hot Sean. Hot Sean. Just, hot Sean. just be like, oh, yeah, this motherfucker, he wants you. Let me help you. I can do this. I have a full picture in my head of what Hot Sean looks like, and he is, in fact, hot. I will report back to you. Oh, thank you. Up here. Very hot. <laughs> is he Kylo Ren? Because that kind of... No. Well, but he, he does have dark hair, hair in, my, in, my, in my imagined, but he's got but some she, scruff. she wrote him with uh, blonde hair. Yes, I, I know, but shit. all, all men that I want are... Okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> all men that I want are Kylo Ren. Haven't you figured this out by now? And yet... You won't read the love hypothesis. Uh, yeah, that's right. Feel your shame. It's okay. You can sit in it for a minute. <laughs> I sit in no shame. <laughs> I do what I want. I am shameless. I will Actually, say, though, we discovered I had shame during Gargoyles. I think that I think that's gone now. Like <laughs> We've killed that. We yeah, killed the shame a while ago. It's not there anymore. Yeah. But getting back to their romance, one thing I did not like is how fucking presumptuous he was. He was like, you're not living your life to the fullest. Bitch, how do you know? It's been right. two days. Yeah. And like, he was like, you're... The one that like took me out of the book for a minute was, he was like, when did you start becoming a caregiver for everyone in your family? And I'm like, it's fucking Christmas. That's what women do at Christmas. Right. <laughs> like, That's was, true. Like, bitch, shut the fuck up. Sometimes also, you're been... not as smart as you think you are. <laughs> also, it's been 17 years. Yes. Like, fuck you. You don't know shit about my life now. I don't know my goddamn life. I would have been. Then that's the see. That's the difference between me and Whitney. My reaction wouldn't be like, "Oh, he notices me and all the hard work I do." I'd be like, "Bitch, get the fuck out of my face!" <laughs> no, no, you were you were you were a visitor, sir. You are not a part of this family. Go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I very much would have been like, "What the fuck just came out of your mouth?" Fuck you. You know nothing. I do what I want. Bite me. But I'm a sassy bitch. There's a thing I do. Uh, when thing when people say like stupidly awkward things in books and i don't know why it's it's become almost like a pavlovian experience for me (laughs) where they'll be they'll make these like profound statements where everyone can hear them and i'm like sir this is a walmart (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why it makes me laugh and it like makes the awkwardness of it less awkward for me but this time they really were in a store a frequent amount of times where i could say sir this is a walmart (laughs) and they 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 did a lot of 
He threw diapers at her in a Walmart. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. So he's, this was earlier on the first trip that they take into town to do like the secret Rudolph. He says, you can pretend all you want that I haven't been inside you, but I refuse to. And I was like, sir, <laughs> sir, sir, this is a Walmart. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I completely forgot the grocery store scene. That was, there was a lot of shit that you could say that to in that scene. Uh, indeed. So many times. Uh, and it wasn't obviously just limited to the store. There were moments where I'm like, you were in their family home. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, like, you, you don't have to be like this. <laughs> I think that's what makes it feel so much like a Christmas book to me is not, it's not the like cute like oh the decorations and then this and that I mean that happened mm-hmm. but it was the shit like all right now we have to go on a fucking grocery store run yes. in the middle of our family like holiday week that felt so real to me. <laughs> it's true or the like oh the the sisters are staying up drinking wine too late correct like, this feels this feels yeah. very holiday yes 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 and he eavesdrops on them he eavesdrops a lot that motherfucker yeah, yeah he he's does a snoop. I don't, I don't, I don't know how how much you're uh, like Serena. 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 Mm-hmm. I think you're a little Eli. Shut up. <laughs> you shut the fuck up right now. Someone just doesn't like being called out that much. The problem is, is I knew she was gonna say it as soon, as soon as as we were like, oh yeah, he's a little Snoop, and I was like, Liz, you just shut your mouth, and then Wales was like, I will tell them for you. <laughs> fuck. Uh, by the way, I noticed that your your eyeshadow palette that was sitting out it was really pretty. Point proven. <laughs> I know. I also noticed your eyeshadow palette that was sitting out. It's really pretty. Thank you. <laughs> We're apparently snooping through wiggle shit. Look, if you don't want me to look at it, don't leave it out. I, I'm well aware. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like I've known you for half my life. <laughs> surprising i don't know i don't know anymore okay getting back to it Mm -hmm. i got to ask how'd you guys feel about the sexy times because in the entire time that eli and whitney were getting down like at the end like in real time Mm -hmm. i just kept thinking you're on an air mattress (laughs) and like i've had sex on an air mattress it's not ideal well, Whitney kept saying, We're, you're wasting time. And I was like, waste a little more time. Go to a bed. Yes. <laughs> a little more time can be wasted. <laughs> I mean, I understand that she is sleeping on a twin bed, but fuck it. I've, I've, yeah. Yeah. I've done it in a twin bed. It's fine. <laughs> it works. Go back to your college days. It'll be fine. It's better than an air mattress. <laughs> you going to pop that shit. <laughs> then how do you explain that? Nightmares. <laughs> I got the night terrors. <laughs> did also appreciate that we got some smutty sexy scenes before uh present time eli and whitney got together uh but in the past like we were we were getting it we weren't being reduced to waiting till the end yeah i do like that because then it yeah it like you said it it allows us to have it but also on a more realistic timeline mm-hmm. because she's big mad at him and she has a right to be big mad at him yeah i mean she didn't know the full story, but he was an asshole to yeah. her at the end there. So, like, she she gets to be mad at him, and it's not an instant forgive you. So I like that. Mm-hmm. Like I like for- that he had to grovel a little. Oh, yeah. I bet he'd be real pretty on his knees. Jesus, Danny. <laughs> I'm 
okay, okay. Like, here's the thing, though. Danny has every right to say that. You know why? Because there's a part where I, I can't remember exactly where it is, but um, when she's encouraging her to, to give Serena... Yeah, being encouraged by Whitney. I should not just say her and her and her forever. (laughs) (laughs) When Whitney is encouraging her to give Thatch a blowjob, she's like, "When was the last time you got those panties dirty, or some shit like that?" The pants. Last last time you got your knees dirty. Yes. And I was like, I literally was like, "Damn, you know your family could hear." I also (laughs) don't have that relationship with my siblings. Mm -hmm. Like, no, Mm -hmm. no, thank you. I never in my head mice are also <laughs> okay. I will say yeah. I do not have a sister relationship. You bitches are the closest thing. You and Angela, it, it you bitches are the closest thing. Okay, and so um, I do not. Would have... you say that to me talking about me and Pappy? Would you be like, "Hey, Liz, oh. was the last time you?" Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, that oh that my mind feels so dirty now. Yeah, I do not have uh, that with relationship. I will say a lot of things to Pappy, but no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also on that same front, not to totally veer off of the sexy time, because we'll come back to that. But like Serena and Thatch's relationship was while simultaneously a little bit scary because you were a little worried for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was also fucking hilarious. Like one of my favorite things was uh <laughs> I don't even remember the context, but like all I've hi- highlighted is Serena Ch- Serena's chest bounces and Thatch elbows her in the boob. She levels him with one look. Do you want to die today? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that felt very real. I feel like maybe she just took a moment of her own life and put it in. <laughs> like this happened last week. Let me just write it yeah. in a scene. <laughs> Do you want to die today? That is so right that's all I'm uh, saying. And, uh, like you can tell that deep down they like very much love each other and things absolutely. are just complicated right now and that's what makes it like the funnier moments so funny with them because you're like god damn well and the author did a really good job of making you care whether or not their relationship lasted yeah. yes because you know he she, Whitney's really good friends with Thatch as well, um, and, but Serena is her sister and everything. And the little glimpses you see where they do get along or when they're joking with each other, you really like them together. And so I cared 100% about what was going on with their relationship, even though it was kind of, you know, it's supposed to be a background thing. But I was 100% like, they better fucking make it because I like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I honestly cared about all the relationships that way. Yeah. And I thought so I thought she did a really good job because it wasn't just about their relationship. It was also about the relationships around them. Yeah, absolutely. And th- they seem interconnected. Like the higher stress that was on Whitney and Eli led to more stress on Thatch, which led more stress on yeah. Aaron and Brendan and obviously on their parents. Like, And that's that's really true to life Mm -hmm. i think because you can you can see the ripple effect Mm -hmm. especially if you have a bigger family you like you can watch it happen throughout all the couples because maybe one member of the couple thinks that what todd did at the last family event wasn't that big a deal but the other one in the couple is like todd is such a fuck up Right, and so it like Todd does make some off-color joke, and then all of a sudden the tension just ripples. And it this felt like the author wrote this not just from uh, I want to tell the I know the story. Yes, 
Absolutely. Yeah, it definitely felt there was a lot, felt like there was a lot of personal history with these situations. Mm. And she did a good job of writing it without bogging us down with all of the information. Yeah. Like it very much felt interconnected and interwoven in a very storytelling way, which I really appreciated because it could have been a complete and utter shit show. Yeah, I will say the one thing that bothered me is the beginning was a little exposition heavy. Like there was a lot of like, I'm just going to tell you all of this right now and then we're going to tell you the story i didn't mind it too much just because i think was thinking about it from the standpoint of the outsider coming into the family mm-hmm. sure you know like if you're thinking about it if you're the eli of that situation that's how you get information is it's very much like i'm gonna hit you with the bulk of what you need to know this is cousin john he does this this is aunt mabel she does right and then you're gonna eventually throughout the time that you're there find out all the wacky stories about how cousin john stubbed a firecracker's butt <laughs> right like, <laughs> like that's how that happens yeah i guess my problem with it was just mostly when it was from whitney's perspective like when thatch was first introduced in the book there was like two paragraphs of Whitney just being like I love that she's so great and this is my relationship with him and I'm like that's I don't need all of that right now (laughs) yeah I can understand that that did stick out to me a little bit it didn't bother me but it did stick out to me it was also done and over with after the first like 10% of the book so yeah much that I had gripe about with this book except for it did suffer from using the same phrase from different points of view in the exact same way a couple times and it did suffer from I don't know if this is something that you guys have noticed but if I'm in an emotional conversation I'm describing how sad or angry or frustrated I am not using an elevated language based planned speech like i'm not out here waxing poetical about how you could have a better life i'm going you know what fuck you i'm sick of your shit i'm sick of having to deal with this i'm sick of having to clean up after you or whatever it is right like Mm -hmm. picking one of their battles (laughs) yeah the other thing just just to get all of the like writing issues out there at once the other thing that bothered me and i don't know if you guys had this is sometimes I couldn't tell who was speaking. Yes, that was driving me nuts the whole time. it was really bothering me. I didn't notice that so much. However, I did listen to the audiobook. Um, This one was definitely suffering from Set is Dead. Yeah, and I just, I thoroughly disagree with Set is Dead because Mm -hmm. I need to know who was talking. I'm not saying every line needs to have the said or retort or comment, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I need it. Right. And also... I've noticed she did this a couple of times. She would start up a paragraph with like Whitney is talking and then description and then end the paragraph with somebody else is talking. Yes. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yes, that was driving me nuts. Well, and that's the reason I was still reading this book all the way up until yesterday, because I would it forced me to do that thing I hate to have to do, which is wait, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. I have to go back and reread this entire page. I had to do that too. And usually when I have to do that, I just say, fuck it. Obviously it wasn't important, but I needed to do that a lot with this book. But I also did not have that problem, but I didn't read the book. I listened yeah. to it. Yeah. Which, which is fair. I will say, so if you're going to listen to the audiobook, I I would highly suggest um, they have two narrators, so there's a male narr- narrator and a female narrator, and that like a that speech when he's talking about when he had cancer and everything, and they're ha- he's really emotional about it. That male actor like sounds like he's crying. Oh shit! Like it got me good. <laughs> I was I'm like, "Hot damn!" Kindle on this one. Well done. <laughs> 
One thing I really liked about Whitney and Eli and how our author chose to present their relationship is how tactile it was. Uh, I feel like a lot of, especially in romances where we're building up to the big moment, right? Mm -hmm. That there's minimal touch or overemphasized touch. And by overemphasized, I mean, he touched my shoulder and now we're in love. Like, what? <laughs> the, no. But like, there were all these little moments where like, sh- they would brush his hair out of their faces or, you know, put an arm uh, or touch yeah. their arm. Or um, there was one moment where she like got lost in thought and found herself like touching his face. Mm-hmm. Um, and that feels much more, it made, it made the quick turnaround on top of having uh the flashbacks to their their backstory mm-hmm. it made when it did kind of come to fruition it did not feel forced it felt like yeah this is the natural progression of their relationship it felt like it was time yeah yeah absolutely right? yeah well and the other thing is is so when he broke up with her she left and he literally never saw her or spoke to her again mm-hmm. so some of those are a little bit of habit from being around them they dated for 8 months before um they broke up and so i understand that you know without seeing him in another aspect of being broken up and everything Mm -hmm. before that she wouldn't have gotten out of some of those habits of to brush his hair away or you Mm -hmm. know and same thing with him i understand they haven't seen each other for 17 years but there's still that like comfort in knowing somebody Mm -hmm. that you would have those moments where you would maybe mess up and you know touch his arm or, or brush his hair to the side or something and same thing with him because they never saw each other after that moment i mean i I will say it did go sometimes beyond that. In, well, yeah, absolutely. In, yeah. in a way that didn't quite make sense. The massage threw me. I was like, you're you're trying to keep this guy back and you're only wearing a towel and you're like, sure, you can give me a massage. Yeah, that part was a little weird, but also I wanted it. So yeah. I yeah. was kind of like- I sort I, of forgave it because yeah. Of that. Yeah. I was like, yes, but also what? But also, yes. Yeah, same. Yeah. I was like, what? But that- is a choice but like yeah i do yes please and then the nip slip just goes completely unacknowledged we're just gonna cover that back up and pretend it never happened right he was like one line of like oh and my nipples out (laughs) all right (laughs) just put that away just tuck that puppy back where it belongs i don't think she's well endowed that's not it's never expressly said so i think maybe it's a little bit easier because here's the other thing if you if you got a Got a rounder girl, if you will. <laughs> a lot of them towels don't make it all the way around. No, no. Uh, uh-uh. You get a, you get a, You can choose. You can either cover your ass or you can cover your titties. I'm not walking around <laughs> with my family in just a towel. <laughs> oh no. hell no! Like nay, hell nay. no. Even if it's just to go from like the hallway up to the room. Yeah, nah, I'm not risking it. My no. entire booty would be out if I went up some stairs to my room. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was really funny. Um, because I was just like, wow, interesting choices. Another one where I was also going back to that. I just F them. I yeah, I, I do too. I just did. Um, but I I love that Thatch calls out Whitney uh, and and uh also calls out Eli on a regular basis. And one of his best lines, the ones where I was like, ooh, you a petty bitch. We would be best <laughs> friends. He goes, could have fooled the eleven other people you're rooming with. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> yes mm-hmm. yes that pays dirty <laughs> yeah thatch really rode the line of like i want you guys to be together but also do not fuck this up or i will kill you 
I want to I want to draw our attention to another line that was said in El Wal Marte. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how dare I read into the come fuck me eyes, the goosebumps, the parted lips, the fast breasts, and the hard nipples <laughs> that was said in the grocery store. Sir, this is a Walmart. Sir, this is a Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people don't have the like the shame that we would have, or just like the general tact. Like I don't say I don't say anything in a Walmart in a Walmart like that. Right? Yeah. Like I would never. See, here's the the reason I go to Walmart is because obviously people of Walmart. Yes. That whole right, but like even still, you do not come to a Midwest Walmart nay, behaving nay. like this. <laughs> nay, nay. Everyone would be like the fuck. Which brings me to one of my other like minor notes is multiple times in this book, the author uses the phrase, what is your damage? And I'm like, yes, we need to bring that back. Why did that ever fall off? That was a great phrase. That that reminded me of you a lot. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> they also said uh, that was fire, I think, referring to the sex. And I was like, you guys are too old. You're too old to You're be too old for that phrase. Like that. <laughs> nah, yeah. Also, that's not an appropriate phrase for that. You're not using it right. <laughs> You're not using it right. That was fire. No. <sighs> old. And by old people, I mean. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I did have one last one, actually. I forgot okay. about this because it was all the way back at the beginning. So she has this huge rant where she's like, do you ever think, what's the point when you get to what you want and you only end up wanting more? I mean, you work hard your whole life and then you go after something, you get it. And then what? Maybe you realize it's not worth it. Maybe, maybe it happens with everything anyway. Maybe you're the perfect guy and you're completely out of sync for the first time he kisses you and you discover he's halitosis, right? And she goes on and on. Yeah. And I was like, God damn, five pages in. Why are you calling me out? <laughs> right? <laughs> Jesus. Some of us are just trying to get our lives on track. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. You got anything, Danny? Nope. All right. Well, let's go into our ratings. Ooh. Well, what did you guys think of Despise? Um, I liked the spice there was. There wasn't like a ton ton, but mm-hmm. I liked the spice that there was. I thought it was well written. So I'm going to give it like a 3.5. Hmm. I was around a three. Yeah. I yeah. thought a three. Yeah. I I could be persuaded to a 3.5, but I think I'm going to stay at a three. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Romance. I also give that a 3.5. I liked their relationship. I liked the like fleshed out portions of it. And I liked the timeline and that it wasn't so shy. I mean, I know that they got together real quick afterwards, but like they really shouldn't have ever been apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't mind the fact that they it was one year later in the epilogue and he proposed to her. I was like, this doesn't feel too rushed to me. Mm -mm. Yeah, it feels fine. Uh, romance wigs. You did not give yours. Uh, mine is a four. Okay. And the reason for that is because I'm not just thinking of Eli and Whitney. I'm thinking of all of the romance in the book. And there was a lot. There was. I would agree with that for the same reason. Yeah. So I'm a four. Overall. I gave it a 3.5. I'm overall. I also gave it a 3.5. Purely honestly for some of the writing issues. Because I was like, Mm -hmm. this is kind of a little difficult at times. I like if I was exclusively going on vibes, plot, and that combo, it would be probably a four point five. Yeah, yeah, same. But the writing did have some clunkiness, like we talked about, and there were there were some moments where, for it being so genuine for so much, specifically in the romance moment, there was just language that did not feel appropriate to the. Um, and so for me, vibe. Yeah, fair. 
So what are your recommendations then? What you got for me? Well, okay. So I wanted to come up with a book and I didn't find one. So I'm going to recommend the movie The Family Stone. It very much feels the same. It has that that family dynamic of these are our traditions. You're the outsider coming in. Sure. Difference being that in the Family Stone, they're not nearly as welcoming. Um, <laughs> but uh, it also, it has the humor mixed with some deeper things going on and a lot of different connections going on. So, and also it's just, it's good. It's a good movie. So my recommendation is going to be Secretly Yours by Tessa Bailey. We have done the, that on this podcast. Um, there is a lot of nostalgia in feeling in that book. There's also a lot of the um, close family dynamics and the fighting family dynamics in it that I also kind of think about this book. It is not a Christmas story, but it is also spicy. Um, it did make me miss turns while driving to a family vacation. So. So be warned, maybe don't listen to parts of that book while driving. Yep, yep. Okay, my recommendation um, uh, is The Final Offer by Lauren Asher. It's also a second chance romance, and it's also a he chases her, Mm -hmm. and we're stuck in a house together situation. Mm -hmm. And then the second one, uh, purely because it's like the only other Christmas book I've read recently, is Love Light Farms by B.K. Borison. That is a friends to lovers fake dating we're on a christmas tree farm (laughs) 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 well that's what it is i I believe you (laughs) i believe you i i love a fake dating honestly i don't know why i love a fake dating we need to do more fake dating it is one of my favorite tropes i love it because it's conspiratorial yes yes and that yes yeah i love the idea of being in on something together and that Mm -hmm. leading towards sexy times yes so anybody who wants to fake date, <laughs> I'm available. And then eventually also bone down. I mean, that's but you can't, you can't plan that ahead of time. No. It has to come we, up organically. Right. So I can't, I can't advertise that part. <laughs> <laughs> We're just fake dating. Okay. Well, that's the end of the episode, everyone. If you liked this, please find us out on the social medias at Wrong Dust Jackets, primarily on TikTok, Instagram, and Pinterest. Um, or you can find us on our website at wrongdustjackets.com. Please give us a like, rating, review, whatever you got um, out on your podcasting app. Let us know what you would like us to read or watch in the future episode. That's what we got. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye now. Goodbye. Thank you.